When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio at War Chant TV and a fine libations Friday to you and yours. Lucy edition of the program. I'm Jeff. That is Tom. There is Director Matthew. We were hastily flying about before the show. Cameras, connections, all the goodness. Uh, back happily in Tallahassee after a fun time in Pensacola last night. Oh, oh, we were oh yeah. it's a hot mic. Yeah, there we hot mic. That's what happens in the control studio when I say push it live, Matthew. There you go. It's also good that you didn't say, what the hell? Is something, or something you know, else. Something yeah. else wrong. Why is this bleepity bleep not working? <laughs> Can you hear me, mad dog? <laughs> oh, I wish we still had that audio. Do we have that somewhere still? Somewhere? Of uh, Paterno? Yes. Well, it was, uh, both are deceased. Uh, both individuals in the, Steve Dumig and, and Paterno go. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Neither are here. No. That's the thing. Both have been dead for some time. As you get older, though, there are certain TV shows or movies you see. I'm like, you know what? They're all dead. I can't well, believe it. Well, everybody in this picture is dead. Look at that. No, I know. <laughs> it is strange. Those two have been dead for some time. I think you'd be surprised. It won't be long before you watch The Godfather. You're like, all dead. Everybody yeah, dead. Everybody's there dead. There we go. Look at that. <laughs> We're getting there. Uh, good to be with you. Happy Libations Friday. We made it. We made it, kiddos. Uh, my thanks to the Pensacola Seminole Club. Uh, we had a great time out there last night, myself and Corey Clark. want to thank everybody that made that happen. That was a lot of fun, and um, it was good to meet so many different uh, people and, and, and have their story uh, you know, and, and, and ours come together and, and kind of have fun uh, reminiscing of Florida State football seasons of yesteryear, but the upcoming one as well. It was a good kickoff party. And they do it every year. It's also good to see, uh, you'll see I got the cap on right now. Uh, Oldwarchant.com member himself, D.C. Reeves, uh, who's over there and basically the mayor of Pensacola these days. And I mean, literally, quite literally going to be. And uh, I went to his fine institution as well and said hello. So it was great. Thank the fine folks at uh, DeLuna Coffee. Uh, Ed did uh, a great job. I brought home a lot of coffee. You did? Great, great. He promised some that I could give to my wife who loves coffee. I did or he did? He did. Oh, he promised that he, he would. Did, he didn't tell give me to some give you to any you coffee. for me. Yeah. Oh, he'll put it in the chat, man. Yeah, okay, yeah I got. He'll put it there. Yeah, it's proof. No, I'm sure that I have more than enough coffee uh, to to be able to uh, to hand that off. Uh, so, you know, it's funny because the questions that abound as we get this close to a season, 
and games begin tomorrow. Uh, you know, it, it, we got a lot of questions last night about the quarterback position, and, and you're in a, a bit of a bind in that moment. Um, so, it, I mean, it's just because. Yeah, how did you answer them? That's what I want to know. Given that we have a, uh, you know, a couple of restrictions on how we can talk about things and the way we can talk about things. It's kind of more the way, yeah, well, listen, we're never, um, you know, the, but the bottom line is we, we have said that we're not going to uh, discuss injuries, and that'll be a policy all year long, whether it's a quarterback, a receiver, a, a second string linebacker, it doesn't matter. You're not going to report that without first asking the head coach about an injury so that he has an opportunity to answer, but more importantly, so that they have, as a staff, uh, an opportunity to, to inform the young man's parents uh, of an injury. It's a common courtesy. It is a common courtesy that if you're going to be allowed to watch practice, then you don't do, uh, you know, aholic things like that. You you got to you you know you got to do the right thing. Looks like Jerry Smith's on the cart. Looks serious. Yeah. Like that, no. You don't tweet you, that. You don't out. tweet you don't that. That's not that, what no. you do. And that is not a burden. That's not difficult to abide by. It's respectful. It's the right thing to do. And there's a few other you know guidelines such as. You're not going to talk about certain formations and strategies and things that could compromise Florida State heading into a football game. Those are all easy things to adhere to. I think the hardest thing, and just like this question in and of itself, continues to be, I mean, look, the guys on the boards, the people on Twitter, the people that ask me, stop and ask me, you know, I mean, they, they all want to know, well, because Mackenzie Milton was this prized thing that you got in the offseason, and then there was a glimpse, just a glimmer, even a moment of him playing well in a spring game where he dropped some beautiful throws in there and you thought, oh, okay, well, that was what we were hoping for. And, of course, everybody who saw him play at USF got excited. Um, and so, you know, obviously at that point, uh, everybody got geared up for having a more efficient and better and experienced passer uh, come in at quarterback. But at the same time, we all knew it came with risks and some of that might be uh, whether or not he could get back to full strength and be where he needed to be physically. And I think we've seen, again, just based on load management, that they've really had to manage that situation. I think Mackenzie Milton's going to play football for Florida State this year. I think there's, there's a chance that he'll play good football for Florida State this year. I don't know when. And it doesn't feel like, based on reps, could be completely wrong, but it doesn't feel like, based on reps, that he's going to be the predominant quarterback uh, anytime soon. Maybe he will be. Might be. Might be. I could be absolutely wrong. Nobody has said that. There hasn't been any sort of depth chart released or anything like that that would suggest that. But just you know, common sense Well, if based not, on reps. If not reps, the amount of times you see his name in the update thread on WarChange.com. Or the lack thereof. Right, right, exactly. The one thing I'd say is you know, obviously chemistry is really, really important with everybody on offense, your offensive line, your receivers, to know the ins and outs of how they play the position so you can better govern the position as the field general, the quarterback. But in, in hockey, this term is often used. Hell, it's used in, in a lot of sports, especially around playoff time, right? Uh, this guy, he, he will be able to play because it's a playoff game. Sometimes even in a regular season, if somebody's held out, if it were a playoff game today, this player would go, but they're holding him out for precautionary reasons. Is it a situation in which, because it's a game, McKenzie would be ready to play, but since it's practice, you know what I mean? Like the example would be, it's a random, I don't know, Wednesday. And maybe in the update thread, you're seeing a ton of stuff about 
Bailey Hockman and Chubba Purdy. Maybe Jordan Travis is thrown there a little bit, and you're saying, okay, oh, look at that, Geno English, the quarterback, made a couple of nice throws. I'm glad to see there's a name missing. I wonder if behind the scenes the attitude would be, if this was a game day, he'd be there. Since it's not, maybe the update thread is going to have other quarterbacks on it. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, it would be speculation on my part, probably the kind that would uh, be frowned upon, but I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know of situations where even with load management that you'd have a guy uh, not practice as much uh, or, or miss significant time, whatever it is. We don't see everything um, as he has this, this fall. Uh, because, again, at some point, you've got to flip the switch and ready yourself for a big-time game in prime time against a really good football team. And it's almost unfair sometimes to any kid anywhere to say, now get in there and get them, you know, if you haven't been getting those, uh, the amount of reps you'd like. Now, maybe they are comfortable. It very well could be. Again, it very well could be. But I find it unusual. So, and it's not, it doesn't have to be some sort of secretive, secret society, nefarious sort of element. It's just a matter of making sure he's physically where he needs to be, as well as mentally you know, checked in and ready to go. And so it could be that it's just going to take a little bit longer. could be that I'm wrong completely and they go out there on uh, a week from uh, this Sunday and, and, and play exceptionally well with both guys. That's I don't right. know. I don't know. Maybe the deload plan was the one that, you know, won the day. And the plan they had ready to go was, was executed to perfection and they let him peak at the right time, which is Sunday, September the 5th, 7.30 p.m. kickoff inside of Bobby Bowden Field, Doe Campbell Stadium, mm. and everything's fine. That day is approaching so closely that it feels real now. There are times when you say September 5th and you're like, yeah, whatever. Now it actually feels like it is, kind of around the corner. Well, I, I am uh, in desperate need of sitting down and watching football that matters, games that count. I'm excited about it. I'm ready. We, we've had a busy offseason. It's been a – and it's not a woe is me thing at all. We are so fortunate to work in this industry and to be able to do what we do, so I don't want it to ever sound like that, but – Every job, you know, we, we all have these moments where you get really busy and you ramp up to things. And we've been ramping up. I mean, we have the pregame show, obviously, that we're going to be doing right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio that I'm really excited about working with you again on that because that's a different element of what we do. It's a different aspect of what we do, and I really like it. feel like over time we've gotten better at it. But I'm really excited about analyzing the games this year going in, like for for example, the Notre Dame game, yeah, obviously we're all excited. First primetime game back at Doe Campbell, and uh, there's a lot weighing on that on that game but this season in general but i like the week to week read and react you know kind of watch what we saw talk about it go back and look at it again and then present the next week's game as we will each week for these pregame shows uh tallahassee game day because this is a team that i think from one week to the next has the potential to show an awful lot of growth in in varying degrees and areas uh, and it may not be, you know, how they say the greatest uh, jump comes from week one to week two and all that. I don't think with this schedule you'll really be able to know that because the second game is a walkthrough. But I do think that if you have a group that is committed, locked in, focused, believing and fighting and maturing along the way, that you will see constant growth um, and, and constant adjustments to what we're, we're kind of learning about this group. So I'm ready to get the whole season underway. I want to Obviously, I want to do that with Florida State every week, but I want to do it with college football because it's a sport I love. And I think that last year we were kind of all going through the motions. We were just trying to 
find some semblance of normalcy. We needed games to be played because that's what happens Saturdays in the fall. The games are played, and we were all dealing with uh, you know quarantine and everything else that we were dealing with. You, you just anything that made you feel kind of normal. But to be sure, nothing about last year was normal in the world of college football. Uh, routinely, games were getting canceled as we were getting set to sit down. I'm not talking about just our games. I'm right. talking about across the country. But even for us, you wake up one morning for the Clemson game. There's a release at 8-something in the morning. Yeah. It's canceled. We were on the air for a game that was canceled. Remember that? We were doing the pregame show. We were in hour two of the pregame show when the news came down. I mean, it's just... You could never settle in your chair and no. say, this is going to happen. You right. always had to be on edge because even then, let's just say you got into the stadiums and the teams are warming up. Even then, you had to grab the binoculars yeah. like our who's own Iron NFL does. Yeah. 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 What numbers are missing out there? They're not going to volunteer this information, but what numbers are missing today? And you had to report that like there was never a moment that you could just settle down, kick back, and say, ah, it's Saturday. Hopefully this year provides that. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm referencing. I thought about it last night, talking to the fine folks of Pensacola. Just like, just hey, everybody in this room loves. Well, obviously, they love Florida State, but they they love college football, and this feels a little bit more because we've had practices every day, and we've read the reports around the country, and we know that. And look, there are some things seemingly set in stone. I mean, when you do these previews. And I'm doing a lot of them now more and more. Uh, I was doing a lot of research for Georgia and Clemson, one of the games that I'm most excited to watch. Uh, you know, there are some things that you can write in, in pen, in ink, and some that you have to write in pencil. But one of the things that really occurs to me as I watch the highlights of those teams from a year ago and the year before, and I look at their personnel, there are four to five elite level, just from a roster standpoint, teams that you can set it and forget it that they have not only recruited to that level, but they've recruited to that level year over year. So, yeah, they lose two receivers at Clemson that are going to be vital to help DJ out, but they bring back Justin Ross, who missed all of last year. and It's not like he doesn't have close to 2,000 yards receiving in his career already. So Ohio State's that way. They lose an elite quarterback, and there are questions about that. But you know Alabama, even with Bryce Young, is going to be good. I mean, we, we'll see what he is. He's going to be good. I, just a hunch. They're going to be a good football team, right? Well, at Ohio State, if Olave comes back, a talent like that, that tells you what he thinks about the quarterback. Right. That's, that's going to yes. be, you know, manning the offense and, and running things. Because you wouldn't come back if you think you got a slappy, no. to use a Jeff Cameron show term. Yeah, yeah. There, no, there are no slappies at Alabama and Ohio State, and typically, unfortunately for us in the ACC, at Clemson, they just keep reloading at that position. They keep reloading at, at a lot of the skill positions. And so those teams are almost boring. Not boring to preview because there are going to be heavyweight fights, and we get a heavyweight fight right off the bat with, with Georgia and Clemson. But I think when you get past, say, five, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, uh, th those teams that you know we all know are going to be locked in there as elite teams. Um, did I name every one of them? Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama. There, yes, yeah, so Oklahoma, yeah, yeah. I can't leave Oklahoma out of that list. Oh, okay. Right. I don't leave them out in the sense that they aren't loaded with talent. They are. Uh, they still play in that sorry-ass conference. They almost just breeze their way to the – I mean, they'll lose a game they shouldn't lose. They always do. Um, they haven't had an undefeated campaign in that conference since 2016. So it, it, they're going to lose a game they shouldn't. They do every year. But then they find a way to sit atop that conference because at the end of the day, uh, Riley's the best play caller in that conference, and they have more talent. So it, it's going to work out. But 
I still would put, I'd separate Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama just a notch. Quick question on Oklahoma. By the time Oklahoma moves to the SEC, and it could be sooner than later because maybe they negotiate a, a buyout or, or a settlement, mm-hmm. is Lincoln Riley the coach of Oklahoma or the Dallas Cowboys? Because that McCarthy thing ain't going to work, and we knew that from day one. Yeah, I don't think it's going to work either. If you watched, uh, have you watched any of uh, HBO's Hard Knocks? I've watched one press conference with Mike McCarthy, not uh, Hard Knocks, and I've seen all I need to see. That dude's going to die. He's getting bigger by the day. I don't think he's happy. You're saying he he didn't want to be here? Uh, <laughs> well, if here is the Cowboys training facility, yes. <laughs> no, I mean, yes, here on earth. I mean, yeah. That's debatable. Uh, yeah. But I, will, I, I believe that he does not want to be at the Cowboys training facility. He looks absolutely miserable. Well, I think he's a dead man walking, too, in more ways than one. But I would tell you that I that team, I, I don't know, man. I When I watch that show, first of all, that show this year, what a snooze fest. It's terrible. Everything about it is awful. And I, I usually love that show. It's kind of like watching Cowboys football for the past 20 years. <laughs> where they're like, not, it, it's going to be our time. No. And that division no, of late. not going to be. You know, eight and nine is going to win that division again this year. No, Washington will be better than eight and nine. Nine and eight then. I think they'll be better than that. I think they'll go ten and seven. I think Washington's Ooh, pretty good. I think okay. Washington's pretty right. good. Uh, the, the football team's pretty good. Uh, no, I, I listen. That show's been terrible, but the, the, how, how did we get sidetracked here? We were just talking about the NFL. Sorry, but yes, you were mentioning uh, the, the oligarchy. Riley, yeah, 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 the no, oligarchy Lincoln, college Lincoln Riley should have been named the head coach before they went the route they did. But right, yeah. yes. No, he's 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 a good coach. Uh, but when you get outside that group and you just look at the rest of college football, it, it does become very, very interesting. Now, that both is fun for us as fans, but it also represents the problem with college football currently, is that, okay, there's this group. That's about this group here. There's maybe five. Mm-hmm. And then there's everybody else, and it's not that close. Is there somebody, I think one of the college storylines this year, is is there somebody outside of that group that you could tab that might kick in the door and say, we're here? And I'll tell you that, that the expectation is that that team is Texas A&M. So Maybe. We, we, we shall see. That is an interesting uh, dilemma, and and I think it's something to keep a close eye on. First of all, they play in the, the most ridiculously talented and deep division in football. Secondly, uh, you, you, you brought in a new – I mean, you have a new quarterback, so you're breaking in a new quarterback. Now, I didn't think Kellen Mond was very good, so to me, it shouldn't be – those aren't big shoes to fill, right. in my opinion. Uh, but we'll see. Not everybody seamlessly transitioned. He did so, have a million starts under his belt. They lost a lot on the offensive line. I think that's the number one question for them. It's still going to be a really good offensive yes, line. Yes, it is. Uh, they've got a good running they back. They've got they got a quarterback that he likes. That defense with Elko continues to it's improve. Going to be one of the best in the country. Um, I know that doesn't make a lot of people happy around these parts, and I'm not rooting for Jimbo per se. I don't care one way or the other. But I would say that if there were potato chips on a season-long wager, I might be rooting for A&M in a very cold-blooded manner. Because so I you took the win over totals, what? Ten, is it 10 or 9.5? 9.5. Yeah, you took the If you look at the way that schedule lays yeah, out for them, it it's ideal. Yeah, 10-2 and two is written all over that schedule. It's a total build-up to, to a big moment. Mm-hmm. They host Alabama, so they're you know the best chance possible of, mm-hmm. of beating Alabama. Uh, they host 
Auburn as well. Auburn's going to suck. Don't worry about that. Right. LSU at the end of the year, I don't think they have to worry about. Question for you with LSU. Here's a fun one for all of us as we look at big picture college football. They're only a four-point favorite against UCLA in week one. Well, I'm going to be watching that game very, very closely, I might add. And UCLA is going to get a glimpse at them tomorrow, by the way, against Hawaii. So you get a little bit of Chip Kelly there. Uh, Weird team last year. UCLA's numbers are all over the map. Um, they actually have they were they were all at once this close to being very very good and this close to being very very bad. I, it, it's a tough read with them, uh, but I I get a sense that they're about to be pretty decent. Let's see what LSU is. I, there is a sense that LSU is about to crumble, that the program is going to collapse despite the talent that they have. Now that sounds extreme, and somebody would go what, but. If you don't believe Ed Orgeron has things buttoned up and that guys are all in with with the Ed Orgeron plan and that instead he caught lightning in a bottle with a boy wonder OC and a quarterback that became one of the best in college football history for a season, and you think, well, Ed O prior to that incredible run really was a guy that we didn't think very highly of, just a unique personality in college football with a strange voice, but not somebody that we all thought, that's a mastermind. There's a guy that can run and build a program. You didn't say that about Ed Orgeron. So if you believe that that's about to fall off a cliff, then they're going to go 6-6 six and six or 7-5, and five and he's going to be fired or something close to it. If you believe that last year was largely because of COVID and that they've stockpiled enough talent that that simply can't happen, then they're maybe a 9-3, and 10-2 and two team. Right, right. They're hard to kind of figure, and yeah. that's, it's kind of fun with that. Yeah, Brad's kid might be a good quarterback, right? Well, he is a good quarterback. Yeah, so I just don't know if it'll matter. That's an eraser, though. That can get you to eight or nine wins. I know it's a tough division, but again, you mentioned it before. It's not like Auburn's up right now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's A&M and Alabama. Those are the principal competition. And then, I mean... One would think they could go out to the West Coast and beat UCLA. If they don't, that's an early signal. That is a bad signal, and I believe it'll be the second time that a game in the Rose Bowl will have Jimbo's agent calling another athletic department and saying, hey, you guys interested in my client? Because remember, it was A&M at UCLA. He's not walking away from A&M if they win 11 games, as you're predicting, or 10 games. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, there's he'll he'll have the draw will always be there the the lure will always be he'll there at least for him. leverage it for the a three lure. million dollar a year raise. I mean he's always going to have he's always going to yearn for his ex, which is LSU. Uh, but he is happily married, I think, at A and M. I mean they have nice things. It's it's working out okay for him, you know. It doesn't mean he's not it's checking his TV in here. It doesn't mean he's not like let me check the Facebook mentions, see how she's doing. Okay, good. Dos! Is that so a like, Dolby 5.1? <laughs> it's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply 
Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Libations Friday, loosey-goosey edition of the program. This, the day before the start of college football, it is ready. It is about to happen. It is underway tomorrow at 1 o'clock, Nebraska, Illinois, Tom in the famed Memorial Stadium. Oh, my. One of a kind. That game on Fox. Tickets going for $23 if you're in the area. Just so you know. Why am I in Champaign-Urbana when I live in Tallahassee? Don't know, but tickets are just 23 bucks. Come on in. Wait till after kickoff and they'll be for free. Uh, Connecticut Fresno State famed Bulldog Stadium. Of course, you know that. If you're new to the program, then you'll note that I like saying the names of stadiums just because for whatever reason it makes Tom smile. I took my notes yesterday. I remember it was Bulldog. You also know that UCLA is indeed playing in the Rose Bowl and thus has the greatest backdrop in all of college football on a weekly basis. Too bad the program is usually not worth noting. They'll take on Hawaii. Do you remember while taking your notes yesterday that the, the big-time UTEP-New Mexico State game will be played where, Tom, at 9.30 p.m.? Uh, is that the one that has a CU at the end? No. Okay. <laughs> I love that you went there and you're close in a way. It's Aggie Memorial Stadium, okay. sir. Aggie Memorial. Yeah, you didn't remember that. It's Aggie Memorial. Yeah. Uh, but alas, Southern Utah and San Jose State play at CEFCU Stadium. There it is. Later on that yep. night at ten o'clock. I missed the uh, I missed the penultimate game yesterday in the notes. The uh, the <laughs> sadness that you'll feel at uh, around one o'clock in the morning when the Southern Utah-San Jose State game ends will be the realization that you won't be watching college football again until September the 1st. You'll have to wait all oh, the way to Wednesday, no. buddy. You'll have oh, to wait dear. all the way to Wednesday for the big UAB-Jacksonville State game. There's no sadness at 1 in the morning. No, sir. <laughs> Only sleep or happiness. Woo-hoo-hoo. You know what's fun for me on a Thursday night is, uh, and maybe sad, some might say that's just sad, Jeff. There's value, Tom. There's a reason to watch Temple and Rutgers next Thursday. Oh, real value. I'm just letting you know. Okay. All right. There's real value in that game. That's a, that's a game we're going to want to tune into. What do we value about this particular game? Rutgers needs to get a win there, Tom. Okay. They need to get a that's big win there. That's what we value. Yeah, Greg Schiano's got to get off to a good start. Schiano needs to make sure get the, get the <laughs> that he's listening in on the locker room, making sure that he's uh, breaking privacy laws and he understands his team better than anybody possibly could. Mm. Put those Scarlet Knights in position. Yeah, they're going to have a big year. Big year at Rutgers. Oh, yeah? Big, well, big year compared to what the expectation is. Four, four and eight? Yeah, I think they can get there. I think they, they okay. might be able to get to five. Might be able to get to five, Tom. So, yeah, a you know, little, little something something for you. A little something something. Little tickle me, Scarlet. I was, I was thinking um, when we were kind of previewing the year last night, the being the exercise of doing that, the exercise of going over Florida State. By the way, today was kind of a what I would refer to, at least in terms of information, sort of a nothing practice. So if you're wondering why aren't we leading with audio or anything like that, this was not much. Um, For avail- availability purposes, yeah. They did go in pads, though, at least. Yeah, no, listen, I think uh, – I don't mean to slight Chris Thompson in any way who who spoke to the press. That's not – 
typically who speaks to the press, but he's an engaging man and an interesting and good coach. Yeah. In fact, he was the first person we met at the lunch. And we did, and we had a good conversation with him. You can tell he's a football coach. Oh, yeah. Uh, something, something to think about here, and, and I really enjoyed this, and I'm just gaining some perspective as we get this close to the kickoff of the season. You know, when you're given an overview of what you like, what you don't like, what you're concerned about, what you're really excited about, or what you're eagerly anticipating. Obviously, you have to take inventory, and you kind of go through each of the segment groups, which then allows you to talk about each of the coaches. And I was asked a question last night that I think is relevant as we go into the season. And uh, a shout-out to, to Sean, who, who asked it. It was basically, well, can you name three things that you think are different about this staff for those of us that aren't able to see practice and – unable to kind of be locked in on a day-to-day basis because we have real jobs. <laughs> and he didn't say that, but I'm saying it for him, you know, that you're busy, you're out of Tallahassee, you're not here, you're, you're trying to learn from afar what's unique about what this team is or is not and why we should be optimistic because, and it's fair, it was a fair question, it was kind of tough. He said, you know, that we heard that things were going to be better under Willie and, and so maybe we're a little cynical, jaded a little bit. And I said, that's true. Now, we weren't allowed to watch practice under Willie, not extensively. So I couldn't give you a thorough report of what I was seeing and not seeing. Doesn't mean that I wasn't wrong about the hire. I was wrong about the hire. I've re- repeatedly said that. I, I thought at the time that it was a good hire because I thought it was going to be hugely beneficial to sustain recruiting. I thought his ability to recruit, uh, especially in the state of Florida, would be enough to maybe overcome a staff that was lacking a little bit, right? And I was wrong. It turned out that wasn't true. It didn't work out. And so I think if you're a fan and you read Warchant.com or you follow the program from afar or you listen to the Jeff Cameron show, you might say, well, I don't know, man. I, 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 I hear your optimism, but I'm a little uncertain that, that, that I should buy in, that I should be all in. Because after all, and I hear you, last year was a COVID season, so it's hard to know what they were or were not, but we weren't exactly tearing it up out there. Why should I be locked in believing that everything's going to be okay? And and can you give me some traits that seem to be universally lauded and something that everybody, no matter the line of work you're in, needs to be able to do? And I said, yeah, well, work ethic is in place. So, you know, right off the bat, you're not going to see a group of guys out work. They work hard. That's That's whether somebody believes in this coaching staff or doesn't. Neither would argue with that. They are working extremely hard. But it's not enough to work hard. It's not enough to work hard. You have to have a plan. You have to, you can't just, it can't just be that you're there 18 hours or 20 hours a day. It has to be that you're doing something constructive for each of those hours. Thus, there has to be, from the top down, a plan. And I think that one thing we can see because of the access given is that there is, without question, a plan in place adhered to by the entirety of that coaching staff. That is a central-themed message and belief in the way that they do things that from coach to coach, segment to segment, is clearly spelled out and bought into by both those coaches and players up to this point, right? We've, well, we see that anyhow. We'll see how long that sustains. The first time they you know, obviously face adversity, we're going to have to monitor the players and all of that. But th- that's two things. And then finally, they haven't exactly been pie in the sky promising things that uh, the previous administration promised from the day they arrived. Uh, This is a group that has said, you know, we're going to work to that end, but they haven't over-promised and undersold. 
You know, this isn't this yeah. isn't that group. They have been very, very, I think, pragmatic in their approach. They've worked tirelessly, but at the same time, they're not out here on booster tours telling the world they're about to win 10 games and their offense is going to lead the country in scoring. And more importantly, they're not in high schools or in living rooms telling the, the future Knowles that that's the case. That Wait, do you see us on Saturdays this weekend, guys? I mean, mm-hmm. look at us. This season, 9-10 wins, easy, might win the Atlantic. I'm yeah. not sure, no, but we're going to pull off that. one of those things. Yeah. No, they're telling the recruits that you're the solution. We're, we're building to a place where you're going to put us over the top. Now, it's going to be it's going to be market improvement. Just hang with us. That's the messaging. That's much more realistic. The thing I'd say too is they're getting better. They're, well, they we, just are. Well, I, I think I think they're getting better, Tom. But I, I get. It. I'm put. I'm I'm putting on the fan hat here now, and I'm I'm reading the reports, and I'm getting excited about the season. But I live in Tampa or wherever, right? What you can't know until we go out there and watch them play. If we go out there on Sunday night against Notre Dame. And they lose forty-five to seven. Yeah, nobody's going to want to hear that. Well, yeah. first of all, you may very well be, still be right that they're getting better, but how will that sound and look at forty-five to seven? They're not going to get beat forty-five to seven, probably. But it could happen. With this, this is sure. a big time, long haul rebuilding yeah. effort. It's hard to go through it, and and I just wonder. You know, if they have that happen, will the fans go, okay? More importantly, will the players do the palms to the sky, okay? Let's let's hope that's where they've grown up an awful lot. I know you know this. I don't care how it looks. That's how it is. From the spring to now, you see the, the certain drills they run, the, the transitions from drill to drill, the efficiency of practice, the shape the players are in, the details about the things they do. It's There's not as much of the basics that the coaching staff has to go over in the course of an hour and a half or two-hour practice. They, they are more efficient. They look better. They look sharper. What does it parlay into? I don't know. Well, that's why I said yeah. you may very well be right. Right. You're just coming from a valley, a very low valley. Yeah, I, and I don't like doing the thing where I tell people, or I, you know, you meet people all the time that will say, well, have low expectations. That way... You can't be disappointed. Oh, that that's no way to live life. That's not fun. That's the, You can't ever be excited about anything for fear that you're going to be let down. That's no way to live life. You can be eagerly anticipatory about any number of things, a vacation, uh, visiting a friend, and even if it doesn't go as well as you had hoped or you don't get to go play golf because it rained, it's still you can still be excited about the possibility of those things. Yeah. And, and so I don't tell people to quell their expectations or their enthusiasm. But I also say, be a realist about what we're trying to do here and how far we have to go and how far uh, away they were when they, when they got here because of the things that really didn't involve them before yeah. they got here. If you set your, your baseline of expectations in a realistic place, which is around five wins, that's the, like, that's the low end, right? That's the lower half of what they can do this year. Then you can have fun with the process, the climb, as they say. You know, there, there was something I heard today on SiriusXM that I totally agree with, which is there are some programs in this country where there is no joy in winning. There's no joy in it because you're always thinking about the next thing. Alabama's one the of them goal. right now. Clemson's one of them right now. And we were one of those programs in the middle of 29 it straight. A, now it was a good place to live. I like in, 29 straight more. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I like living there where you're 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 just satisfied by a 21 point win. I That's, like living in that neighborhood. I would rather live in that neighborhood. But also, yeah. there's a lesson to be learned, which is you know the rise. Enjoy that too. 
really enjoy well, it. Obviously, there's yeah. going to be a lot of steps we got to take. It's a big staircase. This ain't a five-step staircase. Well, but enjoy every step that we take. And Melissa wrote a comment up that I think is perfect. That these guys are are uh, steadfast and realistic, realistic yeah. about their approach. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's the way they present themselves. I was thinking to myself when we were talking about living in the twenty-nine straight wins neighborhood. Uh, and that it's hard to uh, generate or derive satisfaction from a win because you maybe look sloppy compared to what you're capable of. It's like when you go outside of your mansion and discover that there's, oh, this sprinkler head is cracked. Look at this thing. This is cracked. Well, screw me. I'm going to have to get that fixed. Today's the worst. Uh, John, go get your mother. We've got a cracked sprinkler head. Oh, she's in the spa. All right, well, we'll we'll tend to this later. That's the neighborhood you're in there with the cracked sprinkler head when you've won 29 straight. And you when just we get gotta back, get this fixed. remember yeah. that. Take a look around. <laughs> Enjoy it. Yeah, I know. I know. It's tough. Um, hey, so Hell, Hell to the Naw was asked about because they want to know if we're ever bringing it back. And I believe Ryan uh, did ask about it, so I'll get to it. Please bring back the Hell to the Naw team segment. Why did it go away? Because somebody cashed it in. Woo! We had a... Uh, we had a rule in place, didn't we, that uh, if... Yeah, but we brought it back even after Oregon State was the one to uh Somebody correctly pointed out that here in the studio we do not have our Oregon State uh, gear that we need to put up for having achieved that accomplishment. And Benny the Beaver... Or, or, yeah, it's Benny. Yeah, Somebody ben- called him Bucky. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's Benny. <laughs> Trust me, he was the one biting my ankle yeah, Benny, three times a week. Benny needs to bring his gear over here so that we can we can throw it up. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Kind of makes me laugh even seeing a headline that reads as this does. Uh, Saints expected to name Jameis Winston. Yes, people have eyes. Good Lord, I would think most assuredly the head coach does since he calls the plays. I thought people made computers. As expected, following Monday's second preseason outing, Jameis Winston is in line to be the New Orleans Saints starting quarterback this year. Ian Rappaport reports. You know who else did? Some dude named Keith in Memphis sitting his fat ass on a couch who has eyes. It's not hard, man. That's not a big football decision. If you've seen Taysom Hill play, you're like, oh, that's cute. At I Love Beale Street 52. (laughs) I mean, he's a nice Swiss Army knife that you can utilize. Taysom, that is. He's a football player, big, strong kid. Not an NFL starting quarterback. Not close. Not close. Good enough in a pinch. You can scheme it up, especially with Sean Payton. He's awesome. And with that defense, you can get a win. Well, well, how awesome is Sean Payton, though? Really? I, think he's, I think he's really good. I think he's a really good player. He's player. awesome enough for one Super Bowl with Drew Brees for 15 years? Yes. I That's think, not that awesome. I still think he's really, really good, and so do you. It's fun to take shots, but he's a good He's a good play caller. It's a results business. (laughs) He had a pop gun arm for the last three years, and he did a whole lot of winning with with an offensive game plan that involved throwing the ball four yards from the line of scrimmage. And they kept beating us and everybody else. Not everybody else. Well, at some point you get exposed when you get in the playoffs and your quarterback is a slappy. That means he had 12 years. 12 years with Drew Brees. (laughs) 
and one you Super Bowl that was largely aided by an onside kick and a pick for, six. Which he called yeah. for. I mean, come on. Uh, I mean, my God, if Drew Brees is so great and Sean Payton's so great, I he, still think more accolades. Well, I do think that uh, we're a little spoiled given that the quarterback who led Tampa Bay to their second Super Bowl uh, has seven of them. And so we kind of almost inherit something. <laughs> well, that's just amazing, though. Uh-huh. Bruce Arians, one for one. Can he go two for two? That would, that would make him much better than Sean Payton, no, wouldn't it? No, it wouldn't, and you don't think that. In fact, you don't really think Bruce Arians is a very good coach. So I thought I he did. He was very good at getting out of the way last year. He was very good at getting out of the way. <laughs> you have you have ripped him time and again. You don't think he's a great Somehow he's going to win more than Sean Payton. Uh, right. Well, at a much more efficient it, clip. It helps to bring in the greatest quarterback in the history of football. It was about Joe Namath's age. And still slinging it. Uh, I would. I would also. You know, one of the funny things too with the Bucks, and we'll have to go back and look at all this when it's all said and done. After maybe they went back to back Super Bowls and make a run out of third, but you know, we we were saying it as Bucks fans for a while as this was building and building and building. Man, the pieces are happening like. That's the right pick at linebacker. That's the right pick at wide receiver. That's a good pick at right tackle. That's a good pick at deep. You know, that was like they were bringing this roster together the whole time. And I just, I always hated it for uh, Jameis that it happened the way that it did. It was necessary. It ended up working out. So you can't regret it. But it's not like, it's not like Tom Brady walked into a team that didn't have anything. They're, oh, yeah. They're fairly loaded. Oh, well, that was a team that defensively was getting way better by the end of Jameis mm-hmm. last season. Way, way better. And then, yeah, imagine if Jameis had Tristan Wirfs. Well, that's what and I he had the yeah. stable of running backs. Right, right. You know, and a Gronk would have never come out of retirement for Jameis, so you'd have to throw that out the door. Well, but, there are a lot of things you have, You can't. It's not. It's the apples to oranges thing. I mean, there are a lot of things. I mean, that I do think the leadership dynamic and some of the other aspects plays into all of this too. And guys playing for people. That's and, true. Yeah, uh, yeah. That you know what I thought that was all nonsense. Yeah, mumbo not, jumbo, and it was not. Belichick yeah. and he created the culture. And then you see these guys and the way they change their work habits, and you're like, oh, well, there is something to. Uh, it's more than just snake oil and and weird water. Yeah, man, and if you've ever been around, well, it could be a workplace thing, but it could be, it's, it's especially true in sports. If you're ever around, like, one of those guys, you know it instantly. Like, that that's a dude right there. Right. That's a guy. Well, because you can you could stop worrying about your own self and say, he's got it. Mm-hmm. I can put my burden on him. He's got it. No problem. That's a freeing thing, especially for young players who hadn't had experience in the playoffs. Now they have tons of experience. All they know is winning. Yeah, in just the believing, just knowing that that guy's going to erase your mistakes and that he's going to make all the right plays repeatedly. Yeah, that's helpful. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Short segment here, I know. I, that's on me. Your host butchered this. I, I had a long diatribe to start the show and. Uh, you know, you get carried away, you get excited, you get pumped up about things. Next thing you know, you're, you've just absolutely bastardized the clocks. Your producer's looking at you like, man, that ain't good. So it is a good time to introduce the fact that I hope people keep doing one thing repeatedly and that somehow the videos end up on a feed of mine. Ladies and gentlemen, continue to try to Balance and walk those milk crates because it is fantastic viewing. Please continue to fall and break your ribs. 
collapsing time and again. I can't stop watching these videos. The director looks confused. I guess he hasn't seen You haven't seen, seen the milk crate videos? Oh, oh my, my God. It's the best thing on television. And it's all over the world. Television, social media. Whatever it is, yeah. It somehow slipped up. My son walked in and said, hey, Dad, have you seen these? I'm like, no, what? He's like, people are trying to walk on these stacks of milk crates, and they're all busting their ass. It's like, okay, that sounds like good television. Let's go. Let's watch this. But it was one after the other. And there are some mighty falls oh, in there. Yes, there I mean, there's are. some falls yeah. where you go, ooh. <laughs> I cannot stop watching them. If you wanted to start a channel that was guaranteed to hook me and probably countless millions of others, just make sure you're videoing people falling and hurting themselves repeatedly. Whatever, in any capacity, it's the best thing you could ever... As long as they're not dying, I don't want to watch anybody die on camera, per se. But the, the falling from these crates is the best. You Unless can see, it's the grizzly bear mauling the guy. Oh, then I reach. Yes, if you're being an idiot trying station. to wrestle a bear or fall. Yes, that's I thought a, this was seminal well, headlines. <laughs> I'm hearing about a man being killed, killed by, by a, bear. a bear. There's no seminals or headlines <laughs> anywhere. I don't know. What's the headline in that? <laughs> oh, it's still the best, man. I, I crack up. There's an account on Twitter that's uh, it's hold my beer that has a lot of these types of videos. Yes, and it's great. I, I saw a BMX too. guy faceplant the other day, and you can just root for it. It's great. The only other thing that I watch for a lot of too is when people do escape near death experiences from animals. So you'll have like a guy's wearing like a GoPro and he's in the forest and his and his bike hopping hills and Those stuff, and then you see the grizzly charge. And you're like, oh no 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 from, no yeah. no. Then you know the last thing those people ever saw. You're like, that's that ain't good. Hour number two, fourth coming. Stay with.